George Paul was a land speculator from Iowa. And he went to Texas. And he got to Texas in 1907. And when he arrived, he bought 10,000 acres of a ranch that was located north of the Texas-Mexican Railroad. And then he established the George Paul Land Company. And he built an office for promoting and selling tracts of land. And over time, many entrepreneurs moved in, began to build hotels and small businesses to take care of the people who were coming into town to build businesses around the rail lines. And the population began to grow. And the population operated small businesses. They also farmed the area as well. Now, an early business there was the Germania Hotel. And this is where farmers and workers would hang out. And one of those entrepreneurs who would hang out at the hotel, his name was Rob. And Rob, the man who would hang out and hang around, became a very successful entrepreneur himself. He became a very successful entrepreneur himself because he established a small store. And Rob, or Robert Driscoll Jr., opened a store that was called Rob's Store. And then they suddenly, soon after, changed the name of the town to Rob's Town. And the thing that we know about Robstown today, in the state of Texas, the Texas legislature officially recognizes Robstown, Texas as the birthplace of Texas Hold'em poker. Now, speculation, a speculator. The definition is the forming of a theory without firm evidence. It's one meaning. For example, a sentence would be, there has been widespread speculation that he plans to quit. He may quit. He may not quit. We're just guessing. Another meaning is investments in stock, property, or other ventures in hope of gain, but with the risk of loss. Poker. Speculation. Hope of gain, risk of loss, poker face is an expression on someone's face that does not show what a person is thinking or feeling. Now, is a poker face, is it deception or could it possibly be someplace we really wish to be? But if we revealed our true feelings, it comes at a risk or at a loss. So our feelings or our thoughts, are they good? Are they bad? Are they neutral? Are they beneficial to our leadership? Are they harmful? Is this a red light issue, a green light issue, a yellow light issue? So in our leadership, do we gamble with our careers and the people we lead? Or are we moving forward with skill and precision? 
What is the purpose of the poker face? Welcome to the Stephen Thompson Experience. My name is Stephen Thompson and this is my experience. I'm a dad, I'm a husband, I'm a man of faith. I'm driven by curiosity and making efforts to be empathetic and compassionate. I'm here today to have a conversation with you about the past, the present, and the future with the hope that all of us will leave today ready to listen to our hearts and bring forth the contribution we make, we wish to make at a local, national, and even a global level. Today, I'm continuing to look at the music of Lady Gaga and the leadership lessons that we can learn from it. Poker Face. Poker Face is a song written by Lady Gaga, and it was on her debut album called The Fame. It was released in 2008 in the month of September, and it was the second single off of the album. And in the song, Lady Gaga was exploring the idea of being with a boyfriend, but inside of her mind, she was thinking about being with a potential girlfriend. And, and Poker Face was lauded and cheered by critics. They praised the song's chorus and the synthesizing hook. It gained worldwide success. It topped the charts in over 20 countries, including the United States. England, Australia, New Zealand, and Canada. And it was considered the best-selling single of 2009 worldwide. And it had over 9 million sales that year. And one of the best-selling singles of all time, in fact, after selling over 14 million copies. Gaga performed this song on the eighth season at the time of American Idol also in her concerts, at her Fame Ball and her Monster Ball tours. And then she even had a live performance which featured an acoustic version of Poker Face. Just her and the piano. And it was also nominated for Song of the Year, Record of the Year at the 52nd Grammy Awards. And it won the award for Best Dance Recording. So poker face, the idea of hiding back some part of yourself. And you hide back that part of yourself for a specific reason. Is the poker face good or is the poker face bad? And when should we display our poker face? Charles Caldwell was a state senator from Mississippi, Clinton, Mississippi to be exact. And he was a state senator in the 1800s, the 1870s. And he helped draft the Constitution of the state of Mississippi after slavery ended. He was considered to be a fearless individual. He was strong, described him as fearless. Nobody wanted to meet with him face to face. And there was only one of the few white men in his town that Caldwell trusted. And Caldwell was marked 
for death because of his views and also because he was an African-American state senator in Mississippi. And in an article by Leron Bennett Jr. in the 1966 December issue of Ebony Magazine, he tells the story of Charles Caldwell. The story goes that the white politicians wanted Caldwell dead. So what they did is they found the friend that he trusted. And the friend he trusted would take him to a bar. And at the bar, they would sit down. And the two men would make a toast. And at the point they would make a toast, there would be a marksman who was across the street would shoot Caldwell and kill him. That was the plan. Now Caldwell knew that people wanted him killed. And people told him time after time, don't walk the streets by yourself. But Caldwell said, look, I'm not a kid. And people aren't going to tell me what to do. And nobody's going to keep me from walking down the streets of my hometown. So in 1875, his wife pleaded with him not to go out by himself. And he walked out in the afternoon and began walking down the street. And he saw his friend, Buck Cable. He had known Cable for a long time. And he didn't have anything against Cable at all. He thought that their friendship was older. They were good friends. And Cable insisted that Caldwell come and have a drink with him. And Caldwell said, no, I don't want to go have a drink right now. But Cable was offended. He said, look, take one drink with me. So Caldwell said, okay. So they went to Clinton's, Chilton's at the time. And Chilton's was a bar. The two men sat down and they made a toast. And once they made the toast, a shot went through the window and Caldwell fell to the floor. Now, the story goes, I don't know if this is embellishment or if this really happened. It said people came in from all directions. And the men had guns and rifles and pistols, and they were pointed at Caldwell. And it said Caldwell was bleeding. And he pulled himself up to a sitting position and looked around at all the people. Who were, going to, who were looking forward to him dying. And in the audience were community leaders, judges, politicians, people that he had known his whole life. And he asked them, could someone take him outside into the open air? He didn't want to die like a dog closed up. So they took him outside. And he asked if a preacher could drag him home to see his wife before he died. But then what it said happened next is that the assassins looked at him and said, dead men tell no tales. Caldwell, according to lore, pulled himself up. There was blood on his coat. 
And he said, remember when you kill me, you kill a gentleman and a brave man. Never say you killed a coward. But I want you to remember it when I am gone. And then it said they opened fire on him. And did the kill shot. Now the thing about this is, is that he was betrayed. Betrayed by a friend. By a friend, I guess, was wearing his poker face. So in poker, the best possible hand that you can get is a royal flush. And a royal flush contains an ace, a king, a queen, a jack, and a ten. And the royal flush is considered an unbeatable hand. And the frequency, the number of ways to draw this possible hand is considered there's 4,324 ways that this could pop up a dealer giving you this hand. And the probability of you receiving one is 30,939 to one. Now is it skill or is it luck? When you get a royal flush. Did you do anything to get a royal flush? Now for simply a, a case of asking for a royal flush, well everybody would get one, everybody would ask for one, but then you wouldn't have a game. So you didn't have to do anything with getting a royal flush. It was given to you by the dealer. Now it's up to you to simply play those hands. If you have a royal flush, you're gonna win, but there's still a lot of the game left. A royal flush will get you ahead, but, but you can't rely on that royal flush hours later in the game. You have to keep playing, unless the royal flush comes at the very end of the game and you put everyone out, but if that isn't the case, you're going to have to keep playing skillfully. And if you lose to the Royal Flush, guess what? You still have chips on the table, so you keep playing. If you're out of money, then you have two choices. You either get more and keep playing, or you leave. But in the end, it's your choice. Now, Charles Caldwell didn't have a choice. He had someone took away his opportunity. They didn't take away his opportunity because of skill. They didn't take away his opportunity because of merit. They took away his opportunity simply because they didn't like him as a human being. So, if you take away opportunity from an individual, why did you do it? And if you give opportunity, why do you do it? Because the opportunity taken away from Charles Caldwell was believed to be a good thing and it gave opportunity to other people. So what does that look like? Is it deception? Well, in this case of Charles Caldwell, it definitely was deception. The poker face acting like you embraced someone and then you had them killed is not good. I don't think it's good. Now as a leader, think about it this. You're not going to get a team of royal flushes. 
And you aren't going to be able to keep them even if you do. It happens infrequently. Or what if we looked at our life as a royal flush? I don't know. It's up to you to decide. Speculation. Right? Moving forward. Sometimes with evidence. Sometimes with not all the evidence. An investment. Risk, loss, or gain can happen in every decision that we make. Our poker face and our leadership. One argument you can make is that a poker face is not good, is good for poker, but not good for leadership. And why? Well, poker is a solo sport. The decisions that you make at the table will affect you and you only. But leadership is a team sport. Your team needs the information. Your team has valuable relationships and relationships are built upon trust. And they need to know how you feel and what you are thinking because they can help you. If you withhold information from your team, from the people you work with, why are you doing it? You see, Barton Goldsmith, PhD, he says that talking about your feelings is good for an organization. Talking about your feelings, talking about how you feel, talking about the way you move through the world, if you're feeling hurt, if you're feeling bad, it allows you to get help from people. So you do talk about your feelings. You don't want to have that weight on your shoulder. Leadership is a team activity. A poker, a poker face in leadership, withholding information from people, making people feel like they're valuable, and then making the decision to replace them out of the blue without telling them if they are valuable without telling them their faults, without telling them their defects, without giving them a chance to improve. This is not ethical, I believe. I believe if you don't tell people how, the, how you feel, if you're not straight with them, I believe it's deception. People need to know where they stand, even if it's bad. Because, see, people need the chance to, to improve. You either believe in a person or you don't believe in a person. And if you don't believe in the person, then you need to let them know. And if you're a good leader, you need to believe that a person can improve. And a person can improve if they know specifically what they've done wrong. And, and what you've done wrong is when you tell somebody, well, you just need a better heart. You need to, to, to give 110%. That's not really leadership. That's buzzwords. Now, for example, let's say somebody comes to you and they're a student and they have problems doing multiplication. Well, so you give them multiplication problems to do. Then you watch them do the multiplication problems. And then you see where they're making their mistakes. And then you show them the right way to do it. Then you help them overcome their mistakes. And then, well, at that point, you help them move forward. But you have to believe in them 
you also have to spend time with them. You see, the poker face doesn't do that. The poker face says, well, they just can't do it, and let's replace them. I don't think that's good. I don't think that's leadership. Leadership is helping people to develop and helping people to grow and at least believing people, believing in people. Don't deceive people. Don't tell them they're really good and then replace them out of the blue. Tell them that they're in trouble long before you know that they're in trouble and give them a way forward. Accountability isn't punishment. Accountability is giving somebody a way forward and a path forward. Fear, threats, that's not accountability. Accountability is providing a way forward. But what about this? Poker is a solo activity. But what if you're a soloist? What if you have the skill and the talent and the ability to be on your own? Well, then be the soloist. Be the poker player. Lady Gaga's a soloist. The Rolling Stones are a band. You can be both. You don't have to be in a band if you want to be a soloist. If you're a soloist, then be one. And your leadership would be displayed off of the table, off the stage, the way you treat your support people, the way you get help. That would be your leadership, showing your leadership. For instance, the poker player is a soloist on the table, but off the table, choosing to get help, choosing to read books, getting people to help them with their craft. That's allowing you to be a soloist, but it's also allowing you to be a leader as well. Leadership is situational. You can be a soloist or you can be a team player. Either one is fine. Decide which one you want to be. But don't feel bad about yourself if you have the gifts and the skills and the talent to be a soloist. Be the soloist or be the team player. If you're helping people, we need soloists and we need team players. Thank you for listening to the Stephen Thompson Experience. Today is your day. This moment is a moment to reflect and be aware. Put your feet on the ground and feel what's underneath you. Look up to the sky and say thank you. Look forward at your surroundings and be aware and be thankful for all that you have. Now, move forward from that space. Go out today. Create. Heal. Heal others or heal yourself if you need to. Contribute, laugh, and love. We're all here together. Thank you.